What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 3 of 7 podcast. I'm your host, Chad Wright. Now strap on your big boy and girl panties because we're about to dig in to all things body, soul, and spirit. Nuff said. We got an awesome episode. It's actually a part two with uh, Caleb and Caitlin McCoy. Man. Hey, you guys just got to listen to this one. If you haven't listened to part one, stop what you're doing right now, go back, play part one, and then join us here for part two. Super powerful, super powerful conversation. Listen to the very end. I promise you there's something at the end of this episode that you will not want to miss, something extremely special. So, let's take care of a few uh, housekeeping items real quick. I've been getting a lot of questions about the difference between the Proving Grounds and the Basic Course. Now, without really digging in and telling you guys all the details of each one of these uh, experiences, each one of these courses of instruction, the Proving Ground and the basic course, we, we don't tell you guys everything about these events, these experiences that we build out because that's part of the training, right? Is for you guys to give you guys an opportunity to show up to something that you don't know exactly what it is. There's not a lot of opportunities that you get in life, especially in, you know, the events type industry where you get to show up for something that you don't know exactly what it is, that's a really cool feeling. That's a cool opportunity uh, for you to grow as a human being, for you to to go into something that you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you've had to muster the courage just to freaking show up, and you trust me enough that I'm going to deliver the value and put you in the situations that are going to force you to grow. But the difference between these two experiences well, from a logistics standpoint, you you look at the proving grounds. We get to we we have facilities at the proving grounds, so we can we can push a little harder physically at the proving ground because then we can pull back. You know, we can we can push really really hard, and then we can pull back and be in a climate controlled environment, a classroom. Uh, it, to do these after actions reports on the things that we learned out on the mission. On the basic course, you're straight up in the wilderness. So it's, it's, um, it, there's not the opportunity if you pushed really, really hard, if you pushed way beyond uh, someone's uh, potential capabilities, or, or I guess comfort- comfortable capabilities, there's no way to pull back in the wilderness. You are where you are, and you're not getting out of there quickly period so that's that's two differences from a from a, a facility standpoint now so the 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 training can be tailored the training's tailored differently and they're two totally different experiences guys some of the content and the lessons are the same between the proving ground and between the basic course but there are certain things that I can teach you at the Proving Grounds that I can't teach you at the basic course and vice versa. They are equally powerful experiences. 
in my opinion. All right, they they both are top notch. There's nobody else doing the kind of stuff that that we do with these two experiences out there. I mean, I, I can't think of anywhere else that you can. I don't even. I can't even think of anything that's close, even in the same ballpark as what we do. Um, let me think about some some other differences. You know, okay, at the proving grounds, you have multiple platoons that make up a troop. So at some points during the proving grounds, you're going to be working as a troop. So like the proving grounds, the course that's coming up will be two troop. This uh, this course of instruction coming up is going to be limited to 24 people, so three eight-person platoons. Sometimes you'll be working as a troop to accomplish a mission. Sometimes you'll be working and competing against each other as platoons. At the basic course, you are one platoon for the entire duration of the mission. So that's another little difference as far as the command structure goes. Look, my ultimate vision for what we do as a, as a training company is I want to have alumni that have that have completed the proving grounds, completed the basic course, and then we have another experience. We've only done it one time, and it's it's a very very complex experience called the finishing school. Now, once we build enough alumni that have both completed the proving grounds and the basic course we will hand select our students for the finishing school. We'll probably only run one of those per year. It's very complex, uh, very high risk, and you and the, the team there has total freedom of movement. So after that, I want to then have the graduates of the finishing school, I want to give them the opportunity to actually be developed as instructors. So then we would bring them back out to either the Proving Grounds, the basic course, and actually have them there, not as instructors, but as instructors in training. Because there's a whole nother curriculum surrounding how to learn to be a teacher and how to learn to be an instructor. So we would, again, in turn, give these graduates of the finishing school the opportunity to come out. We develop them as instructors, and then they can take the things that they've learned. They can take the experiences that we've given them, and then they can go and and translate it and share it within their own community. They can teach it, right? So that that is my ultimate vision for us as a training company. Hopefully, we'll be there in 2022. I would like to be able to run my first instructor training class um, for our alumni in 2022. That's where I'm at with that, guys. I hope that kind of explains to you the difference between those two experiences. The Proving Grounds, the the two-troop registration is open. That'll be April the 16th through the 18th in North Georgia, LJ, Georgia. Again, it's limited to 24 people. If you want to sign up for that, go to the website, 307project.com, click Experiences, click the Proving Ground. There'll be a link there on that page that you click in order to register for 
two troop. So, yeah. Oh, last thing for if you're a patron, if you're on Patreon, you have a pro code. If you want to sign up for the Proving Grounds two troop, look, I posted it on Patreon. Go take that pro code, and when you sign up, enter that pro code. It's going to give you two hundred dollars off your entry fee to be a part of two troop. Thank you guys on Patreon for supporting the podcast. Sorry, my phone was going off. Brooks been calling me all this and that. Uh, y'all know how it is. It's Friday. I uh, hope you guys have an awesome weekend coming up. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Caleb and Caitlin, part two, as we really dig into uh, their, their their recovery and their mission running the Trail of Tears and also what they're doing moving forward now as professionals. Here they are, guys. All right, I got, <clears throat> I got your, I got everybody's Bible verse for today. This is the the Bible verse that um, I shared with the group this morning, <clears throat> and uh, here it is. But he who is weak eats only vegetables. <laughs> Enough said, baby. Enough said. That is not. No, no. Hold the phone. <laughs> he okay, listeners. He keeps trying to do this. Everybody that comes over because he likes to argue against veganism but this is such a verse that he's taking out of context it's ridiculous <laughs> hey here it is it's in the book black now, and white. now read the whole verse Ro this is romans, romans chapter 14 verse 3 paul's talking to uh no verse 2 but he who is weak eats no. only vegetables read read the verse before that why <laughs> this, I, this is just, this is the verse I wanted to share. This this is when he was talking to the Jews and the Gentiles, and they were fussing with each other about who eats what, and kind of casting judgment. And that was a verse. Give me this. Here, me okay. That, that was a okay. Verse, <laughs> that was a where is it? That was a verse used. He was saying that they were judging each other like that. They were saying to each other. You who only eat vegetables are weak. We who eat meat are strong. It was a reference to their their belittling each other. It's not an actual statement that Paul made as truth. Well, <clears throat> well, look, I'm not trying to. You guys can take this for what it is. Help, help me out here, guys. <laughs> I'm not trying help to help me out. That well, fiber, that overload of fiber, kind of. <laughs> hey, we had, <laughs> we had a bunch of belly aches around here last night. <laughs> You guys are just well, I'll bet we've had novice. <clears throat> we've had I'm at, just joking. I love I try to eat more vegetables. We've had at eat least more vegetables. We've had at least ten poos between the four of us this <laughs> yeah. morning. Mom and dad had a stomach ache. We ate okay, so last night we ate we had lots of meat in your defense. I don't know why you're just talking about the veggies. And uh we had spinach, asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower. <laughs> That's it. Salad. Salad to spinach. Oh, spinach. Yeah, spinach. Okay. So that's not that much. <laughs> and then Caleb about broke his tooth. He bit down on some bird oh, yeah. shot in his piece of duck. Hey, it did break my tooth. You should see it. <laughs> Come on now, Caleb. Okay. 
Hey, I'm going to tell you. a long time ago. But. I warned him. I warned y'all about that bird. Caitlin thought I was joking about that I really that bird did. Shot. I thought that Man, was a total I wish you'd have told me the story about the guy biting down in it, because I'd have been a lot more careful. Oh, yeah. Chad tells the story about this man. What did you say? He got sick. Oh, it, it hurt him so bad. Oh, yeah. The pain he, was so bad. Yeah. I what, mean, from he, on his tooth or he, he yeah, actually he bit swallowed down it? on the shot. He chomped down on the shot with his back teeth right in the crown of the tooth. You Ooh. know, and you've got a nerve. There's nerves in your teeth. No crap. And, um, <laughs> Y'all didn't know I was a medical professional, <laughs> a dentist. Y'all know, dentist. y'all know you got hair on was your you, skin, don't you? Is you a corpsman, Chad? No, no, this is just all you know. Just comes with life and wisdom. And then, and then we're starting the podcast, and I'm putting frankincense in the diffuser. <laughs> And I'm like, Caitlin, smell this frankincense. Be and like, healed. I run up to her and toss a bunch of frankincense in her eyeball. And she's got to get up and go wash it out. Yeah. Like, Welcome to the 307 podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right in the face. Hey, look, man, we did a workout this morning. I'm going to tell you right now. It was, it was a tough workout. But I'm going to tell you right now, that fart I let at the end... <laughs> That was tougher, wasn't it? I, I, I'm. That's the first fart I've let in years that I'm actually almost ashamed of. But see, <laughs> here's what happened. It was actually strategic because I had I had been out front the whole workout, but you know Caleb was like like five reps behind me, seconds behind you. <clears throat> yeah, he was seconds behind me, and and I knew. Man, I you know I and, and then and then he actually starts to pass me and he passes me on the last round, and I thought I'm gonna let this fart out and my it might choke him out or make him <laughs> gonna hit him pause. in the mouth and knock him down. Yeah, for long enough that it'd give me the jump on him. Let me ask you this, Caleb. Uh, why why didn't why did you 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 passed me? You worked hard to pass me. You're in better shape than me right now is, is why you passed me and, and you were putting out. And it's like, why didn't you just why didn't you take that victory? Why did you stop and and then run it in with me? I think that it's just it was more important for me to to slow down and to support my brother instead of going down. Dang. I thought about it. I did. I was like, I should just go ahead and run this out and leave him up here. Yeah. <laughs> but Nah, man, I just I just wanted to hang out, you know. I, mm-hmm. just, I was here for the not to win, but to just uh, you know have that community and brotherhood. See, so, see, I was building that bond. <laughs> see, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you were trying, you were now, trying to attack, and <laughs> now that you've given me the green light, the next time, you know, if I'm if I'm the better man on that day, then I will not. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. You guys were not doing your squats low enough. Thank and you. Thank you. <laughs> no. And I was, hold on, hold the phone. I was squatting more weight than both of you. And I was going Yeah, Brooke, all the I way. did look over and see her have the 45. Yeah. I knew I should have went up. Thank you. But you're, you're right. They weren't going all the way. I mean, just saying. Chad's like, um, you remember when we used to play Mario Kart? And when you're driving down your little road and you shoot those turtle shells out the back to like take out your opponent. Yep. That's Chad <laughs> with his gas. Drop a banana peel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'm just kidding. You guys did great. Well, you Not know, ever. they really that, didn't. 
<laughs> That's a commendable mindset. Very, very, you know, there's there's all t- t- all sort of things wrapped up in that decision, humility, um, brotherhood, all, all those things that you just described, Caleb. You know, so it's very commendable. Now, totally, just to be totally honest with you, I wouldn't have done it. I mean, for me, it I think it was driven into my head for so long in SEAL training, this single simple statement, it pays to be a winner. It pays to be a winner. So that's always in the forefront of my mind. Now, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I think the decision that you made is more commendable than the decision that I would have made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I respect you greatly for that. For, for the decision that you made out there. Um, it definitely made me feel better about being out of shape. Because, <laughs> well, I knew you could beat me, but when you, you you hung back and you ran it in with me, I was like, yeah. And then, you know, we pushed it pretty hard up that last little pinch right there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I probably wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't I have been with me. I am a competitor, so that, that yeah. doesn't happen a lot with me either. Yeah. But I just want to take the opportunity to... <clears throat> character the last 48 hours if that has screamed like humility to me and i love it that's my favorite type of person to be around um but, but he, he still ain't he ain't scared to win i can tell that you no know he's I mean? going out to win that's what he's <laughs> yeah. training for on a, on a really competitive level obviously not but. i think just over time too he's He's learned a lot because he used to be really gung ho and just full throttle. Really. But I think that, I mean, just seeing you from the first time you DNF'd in a in a hundred miler and just how you're learning through those failures, yeah. and just how to kind of kick back a little bit more and just kind of enjoy the experience more. You know, I mean, just letting just it come being as here this weekend, we feel like we've won. You know, just being able to to be with you guys but i totally get what y'all are saying i mean I, what, I what would to, you have done well you didn't did you hear what she just said it, <laughs> no, it's I, not about the experience <laughs> it's like it's more it's about the experience it's not about winning sometimes yeah yeah about enjoying it's not the necessarily experience. about the goal as it is the the journey right yeah and yeah. the process it takes or the time that you're spending to get to go to the goal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well said. You need to learn from that. Baby. Well, speaking of journeys and goals, <laughs> um, first of all, for all you guys listening, welcome back to the three of seven podcast. We got our brother Caleb and our sister Caitlin back on. Hopefully you guys listened to the first half of their story. Um, if you haven't go back and listen to it before you proceed with this episode and yeah speaking of of journeys and and dude today i've been waiting all weekend to hear about this caleb ran the trail of tears how long uh, all right this is a this is right at 800 miles Mm. caitlin was his crew his his pacer his support she ran she ran right at her over 400 miles of that mission with Caleb alongside of him powerful team you did this how long after you 
got clean did you do this? Because you told me that earlier, Caleb. It was yeah. like, it was pretty quick. Walk me through that, man. So the reasoning behind it, all, all that, man. And a little history on, like, layman's terms, Trail of Tears history, because it's been a while since I've been in school. I know what it is, mm-hmm. but... We just hit you with, like, five questions. Yeah, so sorry. just say what you want to so say. So the Trail of Tears, they started the uh, the Indian Removal Act in 1838. And they started gathering the Choctaw, the Cherokee, the Seminole, the Creek, and there's one other tribe... I can't remember. Look it up. Google it while I'm, while I'm talking. I feel like it. I'm just impressed you just knew all of those. And I, it might be the Chickasaw. It might be the Chickasaw. Anyways, those four and one other tribe. And so what had happened was the the Cherokee owned pretty much seven states up until that time. And they started... Right before that time, they started uh, taking our land away, right, and putting us in these small communities. Did you say Chickasaw? Yeah. That was the last one you said, yeah. Yeah. And so the Indian Removal Act um, basically was passed, and they were going to ship us out to Oklahoma, what was called Indian Country, right, and we were going to give – these tribes were given to tract the land out there. So along this journey, um, th- there was several different routes. There was a water route, and then there were several different uh, land routes. Okay. Um, the binge and the northern route were the two most popular routes. Fast forward now till today, we give you some context we do as a tribe along with the Cherokee Nation who is based out of Oklahoma. We do a um Indian what what what's it called, baby? The RTR. Remember the mm-hmm. removal bike ride. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this that's the ABCI and the Cherokee Nation coming together in remembrance and honor of our ancestors taking the northern route. And so they retrace this. So shortly after I gave my life to Christ I began to to dream again, right? Without a vision, my people perish. I hadn't had that. I hadn't had any kind of vision. I was stuck in this in that madness. Did you mention it was on bikes? It was that? on bike. Yeah, yeah. remember bi- it was a removal okay. bike ride. Yeah. And so I read about this. Never really heard about it, and it's been. I think it started back in the eighties, and. I read about this in a paper about this journey that they're taking. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Like, it's, how cool would it be? It's a could, really honorable thing in our yeah. tribe. Like, there's a lot of media. Historical. Based upon this. You get to do some, like, like you know, you get to um, go through these different classes and learn about different stops and these historical marks and everything. And just a, a big, long process and journey that you get to take. And, and it's just really. Um, it's something that it's an interview process, application, everything. You know, oh, a lot of people. It's a competitive thing to get into. So this. you can't just decide you're going to be part of this. No, no you got to be you selected. You have to write an essay oh. on why you want to do it, and then, like they, I mean, really, you have to pour a lot into this to try to. There's a lot of applicants that come yeah. in, and they only hand select a certain. And this takes is the time bike and effort. Ride, this right? is the bike ride. Yeah. Wow. So I'm in jail, and. 
I, I, you know, like I said, I have this this idea and this dream of of doing this. And in the middle, while I was in jail, I started working out. This is when my journey, and Chad and I were talking yesterday about the word discipline. My perspective on that word is a lot different than Chad's. If it wasn't me per- practicing discipline and learning new habits, right, and the different ways to to deal with the, my emotions and stress and everything, I wouldn't be where I was at. So while I was in jail, I began working out all the time, like five days a week. I mean, I'm locked up, got this jumpsuit on, you know, and me and a couple other guys were just starting to, to build a brotherhood in there, working out all the time, Wednesdays and Sundays. I'm starting to learn how to read my Bible and pray and do all these different things. And and uh, so that was one of my goals. I wrote down, I was like, I'm do the RTR when I get out. So fast forward six months later, I walk out the door and I start asking questions about doing this, doing this bike ride start getting these big plans to do this bike ride. In the meantime, I sign up for a half Ironman, do a half Ironman seven weeks out of jail. Complete that, Dang. which is crazy. Barely done. You didn't even swim, did you? I didn't ever I know. <laughs> I jumped in the pool maybe two or three times. <laughs> Dang it, man. So the whole, the whole half Ironman, the 1.2-mile swim, I'm backstroking. <laughs> Dude, that's a long swim. That, yeah. Long two mile swim was I was long freaking one. out, man. I was freaking out. And out in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> But so I completed that, and then I go into uh, I go up to the office where you apply for the RTR, and honestly, it could have crushed my hopes. You know, I walk in and I start talking to them about the application process, and I find out that you can't you can't go on this ride if you're a convicted felon. So I was like, really zealous, you know, and passionate, and I was mad, a little ticked off because I was wanting to change the rule. How cool, how how beneficial would this be to me in my recovery to be able to take part of this journey? And went in front of counsel, tried to get, you know, advocate for getting this rule changed. And they shot me down. We're like, no, you can't, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. These rules were written back this day. We're not changing it, basically. So I was standing in front of counsel, in front of the chief, vice chief, council members on TV, and I was a little, I was a little prideful, a little, <laughs> little aggravated. And I was like, look, I told him, I said, if y'all ain't going to let me ride this bike, I'll run it. And I'm they all looked at me, scoffed, <laughs> rolled their eyes. It was like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was just, you know, that fueled my, my fire even more. Because those people, did they know you and what you had been through? They had seen, they, and yeah. they had seen people come out and and advocate for change and recovery and so want to do something. And they all went back. And they exactly. So they're using. probably thinking, Caleb, man, that this is just one. another one of his little things, and he'll be back yeah. using pretty soon. Yeah, we've seen what? this before. Yeah. You know, through so many people, like what makes you any different? Yeah. Well, and, isn't it wonderful when people, when you set your mind to do something, and people tell you no, you can't do it. That's yeah. exactly what they did to me when I decided I wanted to become a SEAL. And, you know, mine was because of a heart condition, but mm-hmm. they told me no. And essentially, I attribute that whole furnace of adversity to the reason that I actually made it through SEAL training. I don't think I would have made it had they not have told me no. Probably the same with your run, Caleb. You probably would have never been able to endure 800 miles of running if it wasn't for the fact that you were – it was you were being spurred on by, yeah. by that, you know. That hey, whole my, your why has to be bigger than your how, right? Yeah. 
That, that, that just reinforced my why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not it, only did I want to do it, but then being told no, 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 it just continued to add to mm-hmm. my why. What was you going to say? Was, and eventually it transformed into something bigger. Like the whole, you know, like while you were running, you wasn't always focused on like, well, they told me that I couldn't do this. But that definitely fueled that yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, I'm doing this. and So here <laughs> I am, kinda, you know, I start putting in all these big miles and, we're Fort- trying to figure out how to log this thing and <laughs> yeah, how we're gonna map this out, you know, navigate all this and. So you're a couple weeks out of jail. You guys both had just gotten sober, like recently, within a year. We were in early recovery yeah, within yeah, a year. We were, we were in early recovery, and that was another thing too. People were like, "You don't, you don't do anything big." Yeah, in the first year. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. all the NA, all the rehabs. Yeah, you, you lay low. That goes totally the against of, the grain. It does. What you're taught. Yeah. And uh, so I just I started training, man. I started putting in the miles, and I was up all the time. What well, I'd be up run, early in the yeah, morning on treadmill. To our, um, I'd go to work and then go to our substance abuse treatment classes, and here'd come Caleb, or he'd already be there jogging one one in one place, and he'd have all his running gear on, and he'd ran from the house to there, and was gonna pick up running after the class and okay, he ran to, all the time she used to say like before we started dating like this guy you know he's always like showing out doing push-ups in the middle of class you and, did <laughs> though i'd be like <laughs> like he gotta do all that now he would he'd bust out in the middle of our group sessions and start trying to do push-ups <laughs> He was trying to impress you, Kate. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. He was he was working on court and Kate. Yes, I was. I was laying the foundation, talking about going uh, ginseng digging. Dude, that's what I was about to say. Oh, man, had been man was hopped up on ginseng. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So you guys weren't married at this point. Then. No, okay. we hadn't really even started. We were talking at the time. We weren't like officially dating when I first started training for this. A huge we undertaking for where y'all were at in your lives. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean, I not I supported Caleb the best I knew how. You know, I mean, I and because I wanted to see other people do well, especially in our community. And a lot of times, I thought he was full of it. I'm not gonna try to sit here and th- act like I jumped on the bandwagon right off the jump. You know, I, I, I it took a little while, and I was like, you know what? I, but but still, I was like, I know how people looked at me. I know a lot of people didn't believe that I was gonna do, or stop using, or you know, do the start back to work and do the things that I was doing. And so I was like, I know what it's like to need that support from somebody, you know. And so I'd get a phone call at work or something, and Caleb would be like, "Can you come up here for fifteen minutes? I'm going in front of council, and I need some people to help support me." <laughs> and I would do it. I'd talk to my boss, and I'd be like, "Look, you know." I, I know how important that is to have that kind of support in your back, you know, yeah. in your circle. So it's definitely important. Sounds so, like an awesome foundation for a marriage too. Like that's yeah. how y'all started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely developed into that. <laughs> yeah. So we continued to train, you know, and I was knocking out these hundred mile weeks, hundred plus mile weeks and knocked out several 130 mile weeks. How yes. was, how was your body reacting to that, man? <sighs> Man, I, I had a I had a gut at the time. Yeah, he was, what? He was not in shape yeah. like he is now. Yeah. 
back had then. A gut? I did have a gut. I was still Not like, I mean, he was pudgy. He wasn't like I had some big old love handles going on, you know. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I had just come out of jail eating freaking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches three times a day. Okay, <laughs> dude, if you go around eight hundred miles, you got to have a little reserve. <laughs> Says that the twig man over here. <laughs> twig man. <laughs> No, but no injuries. I mean, did you were were you able to really? Were you just listening to your body and, and pushing? Man, it just responded. Honestly, yeah. I, I I just really think this whole thing was ordained by God. You know, mm-hmm. just this whole dream and and how this has kind of cat- give us the the platform and catapulted us where we are today. Like taking that big risk and you know just consistently showing up and putting in this work. And all them naysayers began, most of them began to like, well, look at this resume. He's always doing this. He's always saying what he's, you know, he's always doing what he's talking about. Consistent. Consistently. We eventually started to get local support. We did. You know, because like the RTR, they have a huge send off. Like a lot of locals, community members come out and celebrate them getting a start and stuff and and we did have leadership those same council members same you know? council members that scoffed and laughed at me and you know, no they, came they showed out up his, his send off and well, i had uh, a big send off yeah and so it about, turned out probably about really 100 good. people close to 100 people yeah and we had just like we had just named our organization res hope because we wanted to be able to spread spread that and awareness and and, and for recovery yeah and, sharing and, our testimony along the way so May May fourteenth, two thousand and eighteen, is when I set out. What What was the timeline from that council meeting and you going, okay, I'm gonna do this, and and the May, October, November of uh, seventeen, less than a year. Yeah, that you had less to get ready to run eight hundred miles. Yeah, less than eight months. Jeez, dude. Wow, man, that's insane. Yeah. But he was definitely putting in the work. He's putting in the training. I hey, mean, man, I would get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and jump on my bike, and I'd ride 20 miles one way to a Bible study to be there Crazy. at 5 a.m. And get there early. <laughs> get there early. Now, if I'm in a vehicle, I'll be late, but I'd show up on my bike, I'd be early. Early. <laughs> I interrupted you, though. You were starting to tell us about the start line, the day of. Yeah. I interrupted my, you. My council member's chief came out. I think the chief blessed and prayed for the journey, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Chief's always been a big supporter of, you know, our ministry and what we're doing and, and just us as as people. And uh, so it, it was it was an amazing event. Family members, my son came out, my youngest son. He was proud, man. Holding, he was holding a sign of me, you know, mm-hmm. smiling oh, yeah. real big. And <laughs> that was cool, man, because, I ne- like, you know, like I was sharing with you guys yesterday, the consequences of my actions, those, those relationships are, are pretty broken. You know, and I so I cherish those little moments that we get to to you know have together. Were, were you ner- were you nervous on the start line? Like where was I wasn't, your, where was man. your head at? I was I wasn't honestly. I was I was gun ho still. I was ready to get it. You know, once now once I got down the road <gasps> and there's no crowd, there's nobody cheering you on, and you're running on the main road. You know, you're running on this uh, Highway 19, pretty much, which is pretty busy and dangerous. I got out there, man. The second day, the second day I was running through the Nantahala Gorge. Ooh. And it was, man, it was bad. 
It's big trucks coming through there and everything. And I That's was like, a bad this, road, is, man. this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, who, who cares? No, nobody cares what I'm doing. You know, and I started yeah. doubting myself. And I was like, no, no, you've put in way too much work. You know, like people are looking towards you as, for, as a beacon of light and hope. And, you know, I just continued. I mean, that, that's, that's the conversation I had so many times through those first few days. And Caitlin came out and ran with me the third day. The third day. Yeah, I was still working. I stayed in a campground. Campground, yeah. Okay. Where, yeah. where did it start? What was the route? Like where did we, it I took the binge route. Okay, what is that? The binge route basically runs through the middle. Of the country? Runs through, okay, so you go from, you start from Cherokee and you're going. Cherokee, North Carolina. Cherokee, right? North Carolina. And you're going um, <clears throat> down towards Bryson City, down towards Lake Fontana. You cut through the gorge and you head towards Murphy. North Carolina. Murphy, North Carolina. Murphy, you cut over into Tennessee. And that's Teleco Plains that you cut over and drop into there. From there, you start heading down to Chattanooga. And that's where I ran. From Cherokee, basically, that route to Chattanooga. Then we jumped in a vehicle and drove down to Fort Payne, Alabama. Right? We, we had to drive some of it. Drove to Fort Payne, Alabama. And we there was a historical uh, mark right there. Because that's where the, the track west started. That's where they had a roundup camp. <clears throat> and so we got to go and meet the people there that kind of run that historical site and talk to them. And they were just really interested in my story, my journey. And I still, those still, those people still follow me on social media. And, you know, it's so just getting to build relationships along the way. Um, Dude, but, I, I want to dig back in real quick to something that you mentioned a minute ago. And that it's that feeling of, Nobody cares what I'm doing. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had that exact same feeling anytime you, you're embarking on on a long journey or on a mission where, you know, when, you, when you're nice and comfy before the hard part starts, you, you can see that, that yeah, in the long, in the long run, there's going to be a return on this. Like this, this is going to make a tremendous impact. But when you're in the midst of the battle, you're in the midst of the mission. I've had those same thoughts, man. Nobody cares. Look, ain't nobody around me. Don't nobody know what I'm doing. Nobody cares what I'm doing, man. When you had those thoughts, Caleb, you said you had those multiple times throughout. What what kept you going, man? My a lot of times, man. I think back on my dad. And him speaking, I feel like it was God speaking through my dad. And him saying, you're going to do great things for our family, for our community. Man, that's just stuck with me. You know, my dad's literally at the very end of his life. And he says that. I, I, I hold that close to my heart. Yeah. Um, You know, finishing my 100-mile race at Georgia Jewel. I held those words. I dedicated that race to my dad. Like, that has got me through so much. Mm. Just, we think of, I think we think of the Word of God a lot of times as just being the Bible, but I think God speaks a lot of different ways and words to us, and that was a word from the Lord, and that's something I, I cherish, man. That 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 right there, and then just thinking back on my why, how it was continuing to be strengthened, you know, yeah, having this dream and this hope because that. Whenever you have that that hope 
and you hold on to that, you can overcome any amount of darkness. You know, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. This is something that I had longed for for so long, you know, wanting to be a part of something bigger than myself to give back, to be, to to give back and inspire a community, man, that I had destroyed for so long. Mm. You know, that was like a, a form of reparation for me. That was a way of, of making amends to so many people that I had hurt to be successful, right? Make a living amends and do something good finally. All those things, man. It's yep. just honestly, it's just being revealed to me right now. Um, man, that just kept me pushing mm -hmm. through those hard days. You know, mm -hmm. at, at first it was, you know, I think twenty-one miles, and the second day it was thirty-three miles, and the third day it was twenty-something miles. And this is a guy who hadn't been running, man. Only yeah. time I ran was from the police, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah, and running dope, you know, just. So I was doing something, man, that I totally had to rely on God for. If that's not faith, man, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. If I don't build and strengthen your faith, if you don't, if you're not stepping into something that scares you, man, you're missing. You know what? You're missing the opportunity to experience God's presence and power. A hundred percent. You know, <laughs> you yeah. you have to pull from those places. I feel like because there was a lot of days when it was just. We had a lot of moments throughout that journey where, man, it was just, it was incredible, like the conversation or the people we encountered. But there was a lot of days when you, like you said, you're looking around and you're like, nobody's, nobody's here, nobody's looking. Why, why the heck am I doing this? And so you, yeah, just like Caleb said, you have to pull from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. My mom is in a vehicle following me along the way. Uh -huh. Okay. So That's amazing. it was cool, man. You know, and Caitlin came out at first. She didn't know she was going to be able to. And uh, she came out a, a couple of days. That was really cool, too. Like I was in a work, a recovery work based program. And my boss, he was like, you know what? This is re recovery related. I believe in what you guys are doing. I And I mean, Kurt, he really did. He was like, I really think that you guys are going to do some great things. And he was like, of course you can go. I was just scared to ask to begin with because that's yeah. a long time to ask off from, from Count, work. Yeah. But he supported it, you know? Yeah. So finally I got the green light. And yeah. Then, and then to join. when you got that green light, were you basically at that point part of his crew full time? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like four days in was when the first time like you, you can't, yeah, I couldn't deny God's protection and anointing on this journey mm -hmm. the fourth day in it get, it's getting dark and we're on something called the joe brown highway it's not a highway it's a gravel road it's over a huge mountain and it drops you from murphy into tennessee teleco plains and there was a fork in the road and i should have took a right and i took a left mm. and so i go down this road and I, i'm about f probably three or four miles out of the way before i realize oh crap i went the wrong way so I turn back around and start coming back out of here. And meanwhile, my mom's like freaking out because I should have been hitting hitting my, my mark, my mileage, you know, and I'm not there. So she's running up and down the road trying to find me. And uh, as I'm coming out, man, I start freaking out again. And that inner critic that we all have, you know, it starts attacking me. And just telling me, you know, just, just nobody cares. You know, nobody's looking. You just need to go home. Like, 
Yeah. You ran far enough, all these things, yeah. right? And so I stop in the middle of the road, and it's, it's like dusky dark. And I stop in the middle of the road, and I'm like, I just start praying. God, help me. I need. I, I just need your strength right now and your peace. And uh, I open my eyes back up. Like, there's a huge copperhead mm. laying in front of me. If I wouldn't have stopped and started praying, I'd have stepped right on this copperhead. It was literally, I got a picture of my phone still, like, and just Caleb, a couple of by feet the way, away. Caleb is terrified of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freaked me good. out, man. And it was, I mean, it was already raised up, ready to strike. And I knew right at the end, like, man, that's that's amazing how that just happened. Yeah. And uh, so, anyways, I come back out of there. There's a guy that shows up out of the, out of nowhere in a white van with no seats in the back. Oh no. <laughs> no, no house around or nothing. Candy or puppies. He comes out. He's like, "Hey, I got some snacks. Oh god, I got some ice cream. <laughs> you want some ice cream? I'm not kidding, man. This is crazy. He you comes- could probably entice Caleb with some snacks. <laughs> Did he have all his teeth? I couldn't tell. It was oh, dark, no, really. No, no. I, I so I see in the van. He's got the you know the driver's seat and passenger seat. And there's nothing in the back. Stranger danger. And <laughs> I, and so he's got these cold waters and snacks. And I'm running out in the woods and there's nobody around. Like, how did you even know I was out here? Yeah. And about that time, my mom comes flying down the road. <laughs> he takes off. What? Like it was just yeah. It was it was strange, man. And my mom, she like cuts him off, and I can hear her right up the road, hundred hundred yards away. And she's like, "Have you seen a man running? He running?" And he's, like, "Oh yeah, he's right there." And he just whips on by her and takes off. So, anyways, Caitlin came that night and stayed and stayed the night in the cabin. And uh, yeah, we just picked up and I started doing interviews. I had done an interview the day before that uh, with a radio station in Murphy, and then I'd done an interview with Knoxville News. So we started getting some regional coverage. Yeah. Talking about the you know, the opioid epidemic and the overdoses and everything. And that's what another thing that we were shooting for. Just being able to share a story of people that's struggling, you know, and hurting and like there's a way out. You know what I'm saying? And you talk, man, and you talk about you finally getting some coverage, you finally getting to share your message and, and to share the things that God God's put on your heart to to uh, advocate for and to fight for but look what it took to get you to that point yeah that you finally started to generate some traction and get people uh get an audience basically man it took months and months and thousands of miles of showing up consistently every single day to get you to that point man yeah and that that's so so that that right there that's the reason that most people fail in business. That's the reason that most people fail to, to if they've got a calling, if they've got something on their heart, <clears throat> is because they want the immediate response. They think, mm-hmm. "Oh man, this is I have a, a wonderful calling. I'm trying to share a, a great message that'll help my fellow humans or my community." And uh, you know, they think that they can just start putting it out, and people are automatically going to be interested mm-hmm. in what they have to say. And that's not the way it works, man. No, that, that's the re- we've been. Uh, th- that's our story. Mm-hmm. We no, we've been doing this right here, this podcast for a year and a half now. And it's it's just now getting to the point where it's like, all right, man, we're really, really reaching some people. We're really generating great content. And, um, yeah, that's the way it works. That's the process. That that book I'm reading right now, that James Clear, Atomic Habits, he talks about that. 
and he draws it on a graph and he talks about what you're talking about but he also talks about rabbit rabbit hole we'll go back um he talks about how growth works even if you're like setting a new year's resolution to get healthy or start running or something and he was like the growth at first doesn't hardly grow at all like you're going up at such a small angle and like you said that's what most people but there is a point in everything where you're gonna have exponential growth but it takes a long time to get there yep and like you said it takes consistency I don't know. His his illustration, the visual in his book is awesome. Yeah. And this is Caleb's this is whoa. This is Caleb's story too. I mean, it just showing up consistently and he should not have been the guy that was showing up consistently. No. Because (laughs) of what he had just been through physically and mentally. Uh, that's what makes his story, I think, so amazing is the fact that he did do that. Yeah. I mean I I should have been, you know. By by the people that were t- telling me and kind of talking to me about you don't need to do anything this big. Oh, you need to continue to go to your, oh, your yeah. classes and your therapy and don't don't put a lot of pressure on yourself, right? And I'm just a firm believer that you know if it's not it doesn't scare you and it doesn't challenge you, it's not worthy of you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and finding that passion, right? And nothing God has called us to do is going to be outside of what He's empowered us to perform. Whatever he's already put on the inside of you, you you already contain what it's going to take, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going, it's going to take that consistency. It's going to take a community, positive and healthy relationships to help you get there. But mm-hmm. definitely, you know, I mean, he's not going to put something on us that he's not already given you the grace to achieve. Yep. And so, like, that's just something I had to remind myself of, too. You know, like, I thought that this was a, a, a dream straight from the Lord, you know, to – so I, I – just continue to trust that throughout this throughout this journey hey guys let's take oh you got a question just it'll be quick all right yeah two questions um oh two questions come on uh stop you're making me forget my question (laughs) oh no okay how long did it take real quick you don't have to be how long total did it take oh we're gonna get to the end of this story (laughs) but i want perspective when he's saying the fourth day in I was, you know, the monotony. Like, I want perspective now. Like, how many how many days did it take you? So, when we're talking about it, I can refer back. Okay. Like, okay, he was only halfway we there. We were, okay, so we were, we ran 40 days total. Holy With cow. rest days, it was 46. So, it's 40 days running. Running, yeah. Yeah. With, with rest days peppered in there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I wanted to talk peppered. about now, the, the next like, significant thing that happened was my aunt passing away. From drug-related death. All right, oh, we're going to talk about hair. that. We're going to talk about that and a bunch of other things. And revisit the pedophile and the snake. <laughs> After we take a quick break. Hey, guys, have I told you about my bushcraft necklace from Wazoo Survival Gear? Well, you need to get you one because it's a really sharp piece of gear that you can wear around your neck every day. That's what I do, and it gives you the capabilities to start a fire in any weather condition, in any temperature, in any scenario, and fire is very important to your survival as a human being if you find yourself in a uh, in a tight spot, right? We can cook over it. We can get warm from it. We can purify water over it. There's a lot of things that we can do with fire, and Wazoo Survival Gear 
makes products that allow us to have that capability anytime, any place, anywhere. Guys, tools. Tools increase your capability. More capability gives you more options. More options gives you the freedom to choose where you go, where you explore, the things you do. That's where Wazoo Survival Gear comes in. It's the perfect melding of form and function that allows you to build a wide variety of tools into your everyday wear. This stuff is awesome, guys. I've been using Wazoo Survival Gear products for well over a year now. Every time we go out on the basic course, um, every time I'm stepping off on a mission, and a lot of their products are just with me day in and day out, like my bushcraft necklace, like my cash cap, uh, just going through regular everyday life. They're an awesome company, 100% made in America. Awesome dudes, Dustin and Nick. You've probably heard them. They've done an episode on the 307 podcast. Go, go give them some support, man, at wazoosurvivalgear.com. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. As a matter of fact, I've attached a, a link to their website in the show notes of this episode, a special link for you guys. When you go and place your order with Wazoo, they've given us a pro code that's going to give you 20% off your order. The pro code is the number three of the number seven, all caps. That's the best deal you're going to find on Wazoo Survival Gear products anywhere. They asked me how I wanted to split this up. I could get 10% back on the purchases that you guys made using this pro code and y'all could get 10% off. I said, no, give the customer 20% off. Give the podcast listener 20% off because you guys have rewarded me by showing up and listening to this show. So I want you to have the full discount. This company doesn't put their stuff on sale because this stuff is all handmade and... Yeah, it's not stuff that goes on sale or, or expires. So it's a great deal. Go check them out, wazoosurvivalgear.com. Follow them on Instagram at wazoosurvivalgear. Thanks a lot, guys. Enough said. Talk about ADD, David Jr. over here. <laughs> Look, Dad can't multitask. That's the difference between me and him. I, I am ADD, but I can multitask. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we're back live on the 307 podcast after a short break here. Caitlin had to stretch her legs. I had to hit the head. Brooks cleaning her Me face. Um, I'll tell you, it's just wild around here this morning. But let's get back to the story. Did you have a question, Biscuit? Um, I I wanted to hear rock bottom, like if there was a rock bottom. On I, this journey? Yeah, but first... <clears throat> Caitlin reminded you to talk about something that yeah, was significant. The send off. Yeah. The day that I left uh, from Gadua, it is my, my so my brother showed up and my brother lives above me. He's twenty years older than me. It's my half brother through our dad, and man, I, I just uh, I was constantly hurting my family, you know. And the fact that he showed up, I didn't expect him to be there. But he showed up and he had I got locked when I when I was when I got was in the hospital one time after an overdose, somebody broke into my house, stole a bunch of bunch of stuff, and also stole my dad's urn with his ashes in it. Mm. And it's the we had given them to my mom, my sisters, and my brother. So, so I didn't have anything of my dad anymore. 
And my brother shows up and he brings his iron, his iron. He says, I want you to carry this with you. It's dad. And uh, he's like, keep it in your bag, you know. And I always remember that he's he's with you. He's on right, right on your back the whole time. And that was, man, I was, I just tore me iron, up, that man. That was packed the entire time. Yeah. No kidding, bro. Dude. And uh, that started our, our mending our relationship. The fact that he showed up and supported me. Now he's doing reconstruction on a recovery house, but that's a, he Another wasn't story. speaking to you. He wasn't speaking to me, no. But previous to the race day starting yes. or the, yeah. the run. I, we had exchanged maybe a hello here and there, but it was not anything other than that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And he showed up that day, gave me a big hug, and talked about how proud he was of me and, and gave me dad's ashes. Mm. So there was another part of my why, you know? Yeah. I had my dad with me. Yeah. And like I was sharing yesterday, that was a huge part of why I wanted to kill myself because of how much pain I caused my dad. So, yeah, my dad was with me, and, you know, here we are four days in and about to get picked up by a strange man and about to get bit by a snake, and we're starting to do interviews, and and we're riding this high, you know, hitting this mountaintop. And a few days days later, probably about a week later, we run through Alabama, run through Lake Gunnersville, get another interview through there, start heading into Tennessee, stay with some friends in Tennessee – that uh, are enrolled members, and we know, know my family, and get to call at 3 a.m. My mom gets a call. She wakes me up. She says, your aunt just died, her sister. And my aunt had endocarditis, which is a, um, a heart infection from IV drug use. Mm. So that's what killed her. And I had a choice. I had a decision right then. I could go back for the funeral, stop this journey, which would have been admiral, but you know, it'd been there was no right answer. I don't, there was no wrong answer. Whichever way I ch- chose to go would have been the thing to do. But you know, talking to Caitlin, talking to my mom, my mom, she was just like, "Your aunt Annie would want you to finish this journey." She's like, "You need to stay." And I dealt with that pain and that grief. I've what ran how many days in a eight row? days, eight days in a row, no rest days, and I was knocking out a lot of 30 mile days yeah he was just in this this whole other person and i knew like a lot of and and honestly he had a whole lot of time to think during those eight days too because uh his mom went back and she you know she had to do a lot of like planning the funeral and and stuff and so i had to drive the truck and follow him and he had all our gear and support stuff and food and and stuff Mm -hmm. so like i wasn't really pacing him yet you know i was just driving the the crewing him and uh so he was out there still just on his own until until you know he would run he'd run and we'd go on ahead a few miles five miles yeah and that's a good minute to to just to think and just reflect and (laughs) so in in the midst of this happening I get a I get a message on Facebook Messenger from a, a woman who's following us in Texas, and she says, "Can I can I call you?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." She's like, "I got I got something I need to share with you." So she gives me a call. She's talking to me. She's like, I, well, "Look, I, you may think I'm crazy, but I got to share this." She said, "I feel like I I I had a dream and a vision that 
every step on that you're running that these chains are breaking off of you. You got weighted down in chains, but you're getting stronger, and these chains are breaking off of you with every step. And I was like, oh, you know, that's that's crazy. You know, thanks for sharing. <laughs> I, got yeah. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Never met this woman. Yeah. In life. Um. So a day or two later, Caitlin is on the side of the road waiting on me. Right. Yeah, and I got bored. She got bored, and so, <laughs> so you're I out running. running. <laughs> right? I was trying to get my steps in, too, while I'd be waiting on them. And, and you tell this part, because that's the one you're the one. Well, I, so I run out this stretch of road waiting on him, and I'm, I keep going out and going out, and I, I never wanted to miss him because, like, he wanted to just get in and go back out so because so he could get done and rest you know and so I tried to be there to get his waters and all that stuff so I'm running out and I'm like keep telling myself like all right you need to turn around and get back and I was like no I'm gonna keep going a little bit further and and when I finally did turn around or like I stopped and I was like all right now's the time you got to get back because he should be coming and um I stopped and I looked down and there was this this broken piece of chain laying there and i was like and then it came back to me what that woman shared i was like that's crazy you mm -hmm. know this here's so i took a picture of it mm -hmm. <laughs> so didn't pick this one up. i didn't pick it up but i come running back through and that just kept turning in my head like that's so wild this woman just shared this crazy dream with us and here i just seen a broken chain and come on through and i'm when Caleb gets there, I show him the picture, and we're talking about it, and that just kind of set up um, throughout the rest of the journey. Like, so, and then a few days after that, after I, I ran those eight days, rested, and then I was like, you know what, we're gonna go, we're gonna do a big day today. And I was like, we'll shoot for fifty miles. And uh, Caitlin and I ran. My mom was back out at this time. Okay. So Caitlin was running with me that day. Caitlin covered thirty six miles, and I done forty nine. Holy crap. And right at the end of the night, we're coming. We got maybe a mile or two left. We're at the back of the truck. We're drinking. We're eating, hanging out, talking. It's like 11 o'clock. And pull over on it's the side of the road, time. just a yeah. random spot. And was it you? Yeah. It's, Caitlin, like, jumps back or hollers. <laughs> and there it is, a broken chain link I where we're stopped on the side down. of the road. It's nighttime, and I don't know why I was looking down, but I looked down and I shined my I thought it was a snake again. She screams and <laughs> hollers, and it's, it's another broken I chain was like, link. Look, and so we picked that one up because, I mean, I, and I'm pretty sure, like, we were, I mean, we were exhausted, you know, and, and yeah, then we just like, we were, we were that day. contemplating so, on just throwing in the towel, you know, but he had set. Wasn't it? There was a reason why you was running. I feel like it was forty eight or something for my for Annie's. For how, yeah. how many years she lived? Yeah, it was forty eight. Yeah, forty eight. And okay. so, like, when we seen that chain, it just kind of like lifted our spirits uh -huh. up. A we was able bit to finish, knock out just, the rest of the miles uh -huh. because then we were trying to do it before twelve. Yeah, I remember before that. the day was out. And so we picked that one up, and I told Caleb, I was like, if we continue to see these broken chain links, we got to start picking these up and keeping them with us so we're just <laughs> continuing to track on and push through we go back up north through tennessee and we go into kentucky got to hang out with people in mayfield kentucky and just got to speak at a church up there a big church share my testimony which they don't never do i had to go back in the back and meet with the leadership and the pastors and everything and and uh we had met these guys at a recovery event so he hooked, that's, that was his church he was going to at the time. So he hooked us up with the 
leadership and we got to go and speak and you know several hundred people there nice. and um and that was cool too because people started pouring into what we were doing you know or like mm-hmm. but it was just the hospitality that got us a room we were yeah and, and throughout different points like people like when we hit tennessee our buddies was like you need to stay here you know and so that was like a blessing to us to lay you know in a good bed or you know just to have, they would cook us a meal or you know things like that we weren't having to eat tuna and <laughs> fruit all day and <laughs> But well, you know this thing. Uh, this thing with the the breaking change, breaking chains. By the way, that's the title of this episode, <laughs> breaking chains. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to me because you have. I, I think you have a certain percentage of people that do listen to this episode, and they think, well, you know, that's coincidence. And so many people now in society want to blame things on coincidence, and they think that. You know, if they, in a way, if God's trying to show them something or, or you know, uh, they they almost expect, like, the heavens to split and, like, a white dove to descend upon them and, like, yeah. you know, some, some kind of crazy thing, man. But what you don't, what you, I think what you have to keep in mind is God, the God that we worship, he's the God of the natural and the supernatural. So, yes, he will put simple things in front of you in your life and and you can either take those and draw strength from them and see the the messaging in them and see god speaking to you through those things or you can just brush it off as coincidence right um it's your loss if you brush it off as coincidence exactly i mean it's very and guys i'm not saying to take this to the extreme Right, but when you have something as significant as you guys had an experience like that of a lady calling you and basically speaking this message into your journey, now she, she you know, she, yes, she could have just as likely been a crazy woman, but it sounds <laughs> like there was probably something to it, and then you start noticing these things along the way. You know, you you can't just for me, it's better to take that and take the pull the strength out of it find see that the message is legitimate instead of just saying oh it's coincidence you know mm-hmm. and here's the so. thing man the, the whole skepticism i understand but at the same time like you know when people like you said want to explain things away we didn't see any broken chains other than these like times that's yeah. that the only time we ever seen them like these random you know cr- critical times in this journey boom there would be one we're standing over top of one and the third third one happened in Missouri. We left we left Kentucky. Misery. Misery. It's a hundred and oh, ten degrees, you know. It yeah. was it was brutal hot. out there. It was hot. And, Even under uh, the shade. It was hot. That that started getting pretty tough then. It was tough the whole time, but it was like just a different kind of tough. And I'm coming down the road and I'm listening to <laughs> my dad and I used to listen to uh Conway Twitty all time together. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I love that song. So I'm listening to this. I got my speakers on my on my bag. They're they're playing Conway Twitty, and <laughs> here I am thinking about my dad, and I'm just praising God. You know, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, running by myself, and. Pretty sure you were baby. <laughs> I was. I was. I was laughing. I was crying. Just all sorts of emotions. And so I look over to my right, and there's a there's a barn there. And a business, and it's McCoy's, I can't remember, construction or something. You know, my dad was a carpenter. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Here I am listening to this song. Here's this sign. Mm-hmm. Here's McCoy's. And I'm like, I take a picture of it. Turn around, boom. 
there's a broken chain right in front of me. Like in the front of this sign. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like listening to this song. It was just man, it was it was beautiful. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it just continued to help me heal, you know, and, yeah. and to to develop more trust in this process and lean on God and just continue to push forward. I said, All right, God, let's go. Let's let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we went on into Arkansas after that. Got a little interview in Fayetteville. Was preparing for the end of our journey. Had a friend come out and support us. And this is the last time we was coming into, it's called um, Alden Hill into Tahlequah, Oklahoma. So we go from Fayetteville into uh, still, no, what was the town right before we got into Arkansas? It was Fayetteville into, Arcan- or into Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, we had a friend come out who's riding a bicycle right and we had a girl we had a girl so everybody's preparing for for us to finish this thing yeah we got friends um that are living out in tahlequah oklahoma that are uh what was the name of that place that we finished at heritage center i think it was heritage center so they got the the chief of the united gadua band there council members chief of cherokee nation there just a bunch of people from the community they had a running club there waiting on us to prepare to run the last few miles with us just so just everybody's coming around to watch us finish this journey. And so our friend who's on the bike, he's he's riding while we're running. I had a girl reach out to me who was watching this journey along the way and is like, Hey, I'm really scared, but I want to come out and run with you. And we're like, Come on, you know, we'll meet you. We told her told her where to meet us at. She gets out, she's running with us, and uh Christine is her name. And so Samantha we're running with came and, and Samantha with came too. with us, she yeah. Ran. Quite a bit with us. 18 miles. A girl had never ran, I think, over 10 miles, I think, yeah. come out. and No, she put in 20-something, I think, that day. Wow. So anyways, they they come out running with us, right? And we're witnessing, sharing our testimony with Christina, and we're coming up the road, and she's got oh, all yeah. kinds of questions, and we're coming up Alden Hill, right? It's the last hill for you top and get ready, like, within a couple of miles, you are finishing. <laughs> And so and our friend Richie, Richie he's, he's actually, he's a youth pastor. He's a youth pastor. He's on fire. You know, he's sharing the gospel. He's getting, you know, just, just talking to this girl. And and she's like starting just the, the Holy Spirit's just starting to come in, you know, and, and, and just wreck her and like convicting her. And you know what I'm saying? Like you can see her begin to have interest, right, mm-hmm. in, in hearing this message and everything. And so... Richie's sharing with her as we're coming up the hill. And he's on a brand new bicycle, man. <laughs> and so he's pedaling, pedaling. This chain just snaps. Like it's another broken <laughs> chain, right? His bike. Just snaps on the bike. And, and Christine is crying. Like it's just a climatic experience, yeah. you know? <laughs> and she gives up. her life. We're praying. Yeah. She gives her life to the Lord on the side yeah. of the road, man, on the interstate. We're all like, everyone's expecting to see <laughs> us come up over that hill running, and we're all just like over top of her, just praying with her. And yeah, more important business and, come up. <laughs> yeah, and there man. were several times along this journey whenever, you know, we were steadfast trying to just go through the motions, but then we finally was like, Hey, like we need to start having conversations. We need to, and we had some pretty significant conversations. Just, I mean, when we felt pulled, we just stop and start sharing with somebody on the side that we've seen walking or when we were having breakfast or getting ready, someone in the parking lot, we would 
have a conversation with them and it turns out their cousin or their son or you know some way they'd be like you know what i'm struggling with that too or my family members struggling with that too mm-hmm. and we'd get to to pray if it was nothing more than to just pray with them you know it's pretty pretty awesome yeah hey, how, go ahead baby how often or did you have a new perspective on what your ancestors went through like did you have moments where you could kind of see how awful that would have been on foot for children and women and elderly. And I mean, and they weren't on a paved road. Yeah. And it was winter time whenever they, this yeah. was happening. Like they, it was had to cross snowing the Mississippi. and what? yeah, they, you, so they had, they had a ferry, they yes. had a ferry, but then when they got to the other side, it's swampland. Yeah. So they had to, walk through the swampland in the middle of the winter <clears throat> and then there's one there's one part in uh arkansas it's the only uh county in the united states that has five named rivers and we found out that the ferry of those rivers wouldn't carry native americans so they they would you know be paid to carry everybody else but when native americans showed up they're like no we're not you know you're gonna have to walk through this and so they had to and cross had all to. five of those rivers on foot, elderly it, kids, everybody. I mean, and the elderly, they're not going to make that. Most no, older people, so people no. they're died. just walking until they can't they walk anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. gosh, And what if a, they tried to stop, they were beaten. Yeah. You know, like, it was not just like, all right, guys, we're going to go on this walk, this march out here. Like, you were beaten if you tried to stop or <laughs> if you tried to rest. And, yeah, it was... It was really emotional to whenever we would reach certain points and just to like to stand there and I think was it in Kentucky uh, at one of the cross the ferry crossings that was I still reflect back on that and just oh, to, the Mississippi to know, River yeah we went yeah. down there to water yeah just to know like we like what our ancestors had to go through being forced out of here i mean mm-hmm. and we really felt we could reflect back on how on the oppression and how how hard you know what survivors that they were the ones that did make it out there but there was a time there's a point i'm pretty sure when we reached arkansas when it kind of like caleb started to have this this transition in his thinking as far as like, you know, I don't want to keep thinking about the oppression. Like mm-hmm. I want to focus on the resiliency of our people and how we don't have to continue to view ourselves as oppressed, you yeah. know, and uh, just victors, you victors know, and, and looking at the hope. The overcomers. And, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen you, with you two, you catch yourselves in doing that exact behavior. Thinking about, like, you've caught her and caught yourself talking about working out or something. You don't allow each other to say, how do I say that? Like, you want to focus on, you guys know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, earlier, I think your leg was hurting because you have a metal rod in your leg. Yeah. And Caleb stopped you from talking about it and was like, <laughs> no we're going to kill this workout. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that you're doing. You're not focusing on yeah. the hardship. You're focusing on how tough your people were. Power, life, and death. 
right? Well, you you yeah. guys are very you are very self aware, uh, very. very much so, and you know that's that's a huge strength of you guys. I just I would encourage you to just maintain that path because it's a very unique thing. How self aware you guys are, even going back to the conversation tomorrow or yesterday that we had, you know, all all through that, and it's a huge strength. I, I want to know how this mission, this journey, how you guys' relationship developed throughout the journey. Because here now you've got this young, beautiful young girl, Caitlin showing up she's there supporting you running with you every day but you guys uh weren't in a a intimate or uh relationship uh you know prior to how did y'all's relationship develop through that and what was what was y'all's relationship like at the end well before when i first started talking about doing this journey and everything started training we were we were friends Mm -hmm. you know we were friends before anything. I would actually talk to her about other girls that I was talking to and everything. And she was always like, why are you telling me all this? <laughs> well, I mean, she's my friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, and so that's, that's kind of how we, we started out just being supportive of one another. And I loved how she was passionate like in, in our classes and stuff that we were doing. She was the only female that would like take charge and command. So like that, that's attractive to me mm-hmm. to see a, a female stepping up and being a leader and finding her voice and being empowered. And I was drawn towards that because I could relate to that. Mm-hmm. And it just started to grow from there, you know, and, and throughout our journey, seeing we all get, I think a lot of times, especially like when we first start dating somebody, we want to get dressed up. We want to put on our face. We want to go out to dinner. We want to, but you couldn't do that. We were, man, at our lowest. This is the ugly moments, man. Yeah. That's how you really know if you're meant for somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, go to their house, hang out with their family, see how they are with their, around their siblings or around whoever, their cousins. And and she was always around that, you know? Um, And it just started, it just continued to, to build in the jail on top of that. Like, those real, raw moments and conversations and those challenging times, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. There there were throughout the run and the journey, um I find I started to believe in myself more and find more my self confidence and just to to realize like how important support people can be on something like this, you know, and there were some days where Caleb didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Caleb did not want to get out there and do it, but you know, and and I had to like, cause honestly, if it was up to his mom, she would have packed him up and been like, just get in the truck, come on, we're gonna go back home, <laughs> because oh, yeah. that's a mama, you yeah. know. She, it's hard to see your children suffer and and things like that. I mean, she's a lot better about it now, but um just some of those days i was like come on we we gotta do this you man you i was hurting goal, man my hips were killing me <laughs> and even if it meant walking i'd be like and and we're still doing it when i'm pacing you and doing all the things that we do but it, it strengthened our relationship and especially spiritually i mean there was a lot of different conversations that we had along that journey um 
just about God and just about life and different experiences. And honestly, we probably learned a lot more about each other than it probably would have taken a lot longer for us to learn those things. You know, like uh, over time, uh-huh. mm-hmm. we've been laying on the couch watching a movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, or we go to dinner. Like, how much do you really know about somebody? Because you don't, the layers aren't peeled back. No, man. That's what I'm saying. What a way to yeah. get to know your future spouse. I mean, toward the end, did you guys did you guys know that y'all were going to be together as a as a married couple, or was it still kind of a question mark? Biscuit is digging. The romance of this story. <laughs> you are digging into the romance. I, well, I'm kn- just interested. I, I knew. I knew. Okay. I knew God started laying it on my heart, you know. That, Literally. Yeah. That I, I needed to uh, just continue to pour into this relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? And the more that, the deeper that we got into this relationship, I knew, like, you need to marry this woman. Yeah. Oh who's gosh. who's going to freaking <laughs> never i mean yep. you know got the broke back and the shattered leg yet she's going to get out of her comfort zone and run beside you you ain't going to find that you know what yeah. i'm saying like like we was talking about a few minutes ago when they were running down the hill we got some strong women mm-hmm. we've been blessed with some strong women and seeing all the things that i've seen i want to break that man i want to have a, a, a prosperous beautiful marriage and all of those experiences have added to my why. Mm-hmm. That's concrete. That's cemented, man. I I love her, you know, like just seeing her being with me at my deepest, darkest moments where I didn't have, I didn't believe myself, you know, sometimes. I didn't think I could do it. But she was like, come on, baby. You know, you got this. Mm-hmm. Get up. Come on. What about you, Caitlin? What Did you know, like at one point, did you know that, or want to date him halfway through that or at any point? We had actually, we, we had started, officially. Yeah, when we first dated. started, we were dating. But okay. as far as marriage goes, um, yeah. By the end of it, yeah. And there's a, there's a little joke in the family that, uh, that, I chased him halfway across the USA, so <laughs> you better marry that woman. <laughs> I wasn't letting him get away from me. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, man. That's awesome. And I mean, yeah, I I, I knew, but I waited, <laughs> waited until he was ready. Because I know there's there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, you you go back to those those things that you're taught in early recovery, you know, you shouldn't even be in a relationship in the first year of recovery. And I mean, you just got to live and learn and grow from whatever comes your way. And, um, but yeah, I did, especially by the end of it, I knew I was like, you know, this is some, that's to me, that's what marriage is, is you, you work hard for your relationship. You work hard to support one another and, you may not always see eye to eye, but you, you communicate. And I mean, if you can do something like that yeah. <laughs> together, then I'm sure we can tackle anything. Marriage. Yeah, that, anything. that's a and that's a very good description of of marriage, Caitlin. You talk about you work hard for your relationship, you fight for your marriage, you take quitting off the table, you do all of those things. It's not just a walk in the park, man. It takes effort the the whole way, and you know, 
the first sometimes for some people the first year or two yeah it may not it may seem like it's 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 effortless and it's all pleasure right and it's all bliss but there there <laughs> i think comes a point for every couple where that's no longer that's no longer you know the situation you find yourself in and i think that's when most people just you know throw it out the window mm -hmm. you know um so that's solid man you you're always going to be tested you know I mean, yeah. like your your why will be tested, your resolve will be tested, no matter what it is. Yep. Yeah. So, hundred percent. All right, guys, let's take a little break. Uh, I think we got the uh, stoves here. Uh, we'll be back at you here in just a minute to talk about the uh, finish line of this mission, and uh, also about uh, Res Hope. I want to dig into that, the mission behind it, the why behind it, and what you guys got going on with that. This episode of the 3 of 7 podcast is brought to you by Exoskin. Hey man, Exoskin, it's it's fitness apparel, right? Socks, shorts, shirts, arm sleeves, beanies. They've got a whole lineup. They can cover you from head to toe. I've been using Exoskin now for probably three years. And look, I use their products ex exclusively for ultra running, for training, everything that I do. I will only put Exoskin socks on my feet. Uh, I prefer their toe socks. They are hands down the best on the market. Everything that they make is American made. And the technology behind the fabrics that they use is second to none. They've actually designed fabrics that channel moisture and sweat away from your skin that help prevent chafing, helps prevent discomfort, these things are amazing. Everything from head to toe. I love the compression shorts, the short ones. The only good-looking thing on me, really, in my opinion, is my legs. So I always get the short shorts so I can show off my quads a little bit. Um, it's never failed me. So I want you guys to just give Exoskin a try. Look, you get what you pay for. This is a company that stands behind their products because they know that they work and they've been tested out on the battlefield of life. The website is exoskin.us. That's X-O-S-K-I-N dot U-S. Give them a follow on Instagram at exoskin.usa. I'll attach the website, the show notes, and the pro code that they give to us as three of seven podcast listeners yeah, we get a discount on all their stuff. So, Exoskin, thanks for always supporting me from day one of my journey as an ultra runner. Thanks for pouring into creating the best products on the market. And thank you for supporting the 3 of 7 podcast since the beginning. <clears throat> Caitlin, Caitlin, get back up to your mic. We're live. Oh. We're back live on the 3 of 7 podcast, man. Get back. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the bad parts about doing a podcast on a couch. Well, like, you, what? Just, you get know, you pretty, get comfy. I'm pretty attentive. I'm 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 glad I'm comfortable. Yeah, it helped my creative juices flow. It's yeah, <laughs> it's really there's good and bad because we just had to take a break because we just had stoves delivered and it's like you know the dogs might start barking or something like that. But you are comfortable and it's like this is where we eat. This is where we hang out. So. It's, it's good and bad, I guess. 
But hey, I'm just thankful to be here. Amen, brother. Man, I gotta, I gotta. You know, Caleb shared quite a bit about Caleb and Caitlin have shared quite a bit about this journey on the Trail of Tears, and we kind of ended up right there, like you said, right as you guys were about to crest that last hill that's going to lead you down into the finish line. You guys talked about what happened there. And as you guys move forward and you crested that hill and you, you're making your way to the finish line and eventually reaching your destination, I guess is what you would – this is more of a journey run. I guess it's more of you're reaching your destination. I want to hear that story of it all culminating. You know? Well, there was a huge significance to that day because it's my birthday. Did June you plan 28th. that? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I had planned to finish on my birthday, and it's my mom's birthday and my grandma's birthday, my mom's mom. We all have three generations on the same day. Are you serious, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah. Smokes. And the Guinness Book, of, the Guinness record for that, <laughs> most generations on the same day is four. <clears throat> my wow. sons were born on June 26th, so two days away, and then my youngest son was June 29th, one day away. Not mm. planned. None Not of planned, that was planned, no. No. That's some wild stuff. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah, it's my birthday, man, and my mom, and she, of course she's following along in the, in the truck, and we we top um, Alden Hill there, and we have uh, that running club. Was it Wings? The wings yeah, running Wings. A whole running club come out. That was pretty cool. Yeah. It was hot that day. And so we're having conversations with a bunch of the runners and everything. And, and then there's people starting to follow us in vehicles. It's real slow and cheering us on. There's people on the side of the road. They had their, chair, their lawn chairs pulled out there with Little signs and stuff. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Were y'all ending? Oh, sorry, Caleb. Go on ahead. a reservation? It's Indian country. It's oh. not a reservation. Out okay. There. Yeah, it's called Indian country. So basically, whenever the Trail of Tears finished in Stillwell, Oklahoma, they had this huge tract of land, and they're like, this is yours. And so all those tribes settled in there and kind of uh, just laid claim to that two different uh, tracks of land out through there. And so that's how that got started. But, um, yeah, as we're coming running in and everything, I know that I stopped, and that was in that video, and I got, as an EBCI member, I didn't have an EBCI flag, and so I got two flags, the UKB and the Cherokee Nation. And I was, like, talking about the importance of we're all Cherokee. And you yeah. represent the EBCI, right? Though. I didn't have to. <laughs> what you are the flag? <laughs> yeah. Do what, I, what is the EBCI again? The Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. Okay. And that's the ones. That's where we're enrolled here in Cherokee, and then the other two are in Oklahoma. Okay. I I really, I really want to steal the whole language around having a clan, a tribe, and bands. I love that language, like how you guys have broken the, the uh, what is it? The, I guess it's the whole population, Native American pop. how you have that to identify with. I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm jealous of that. I want to find some way to like, I don't know. I like it. Sorry. 
You want to be in a clan? Uh, dude, I, I mean, like, to have to be a part of, like, a band or a, a tribe, I mean, that to me is just so freaking cool, man. Yeah. And there's a, there was a lot of a competitiveness between the tribes, and that was an, that was important to me to kind of try to talk about breaking that because you got people from our our tribe saying we're the real Cherokees. We stayed and fought. We stayed and 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 survived in these mountains and everything. You just went west, and that's that's really destructive thinking. Like yeah. that, that can hurt people, you know. But that's that's a lot of the uh, conversations that people have. And then I, I, um, the UKB and the Cherokee Nation are always at odds with one another over money, you know, compared to casinos and land and all these different things. And so I was trying to bring some sense of uh, unity, you know, when I when I finished this race. Mm -hmm. So it, it turned into a few different things, you know, not just my story, not just um, overcoming the uh, the addiction, anything like that, but just also trying to bring some sort of unity between our tribes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I put those flags on, and I was emotional. You know, here I come in the last, I don't know, last mile, I guess, and and it's this huge buildup, you know, and all these people clapping and cheering and everything and just remembering, having the gratitude, man. Just such a deep sense of gratitude from knowing where I was eight months prior or nine months prior sitting in a jail cell with just a dream. You know, in my, in my heart, and and just how it come, man, just full circle. And yeah, we finished the race and or finished this journey, and and uh, had had the chiefs out there to support me, talk to me. It's just, it was awesome, man. I had had like this little event afterwards to celebrate finishing. And Some everything. of their leadership came out. Some of our leadership. <laughs> Council members Came flew out, out there. Mm -hmm. So, actually, we okay. back up. What was cool when we was in Missouri, it was on a Sunday. We was taking the day off. Caitlin looks up. What was the store we went to? Oh, sports. Academy. We went to I, Academy uh, Sports. My thick thighs. My yeah. thick thigh problem. <laughs> the thick thigh syndrome. We show um, up at Academy. Caitlin okay. walks in. So, first, okay. So, I had really short shorts, and it's not good for women with thick thighs to run in short shorts. So I was getting uh, chafing, and yeah. I told kept telling Caleb, "When you got a rest day, we need to go by a store so I can get some better shorts." And his rest day come up, and he he was just so tired. He's ready to get back. He would just was aggravated. To rest. He did not want to stop, and I was like. Caleb, I've got to get these shorts. And I was like looking it up and I was like, look, it's just right here. It won't take 10 minutes. You only have to get out of the car. Let me run in, and grab did. them, and come out. <laughs> and as I'm going in, right there, they had like a little uh, that, a patio table yeah, chairs with chairs like that they were selling. And I see these bunch of natives sitting bunch there in these <laughs> chairs. And I was like, I know what those natives sitting in Oak, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What's going was, on here? I knew those people. And it was the RTR riders. They started how they started two they weeks started, behind, twelve days behind me on the northern they, route. They started on a different route and they, they were at that academy getting them stuff and here we come in and I didn't we had no clue where they were at where on their journey or anything like that and I ran back and told Caleb I was like Bo Taylor's sitting out here like the whole RTR crew was there we all come out and 
prayed for one another and done the uh, war call together yeah and both got us to in the war call take some pictures and stuff and just how we got to meet mm-hmm. up in that point <coughs> and here was caleb because they were all wondering too i've heard plenty of them say they were like we were wondering where you were we've been keeping up with you and trying to see where you were at wondering if we were going to cross paths <laughs> it's it's really cool to hear that though because you know, it would have been easy for Caleb to have some animosity toward the RTR members because that was initially the, the I guess, organization or the event that he was told no because of his past, and he disagreed with that decision, obviously. But, uh, you know, that just goes to show me that this whole journey was bigger than just Caleb. It was bigger than... Uh, his pride it was you know it was something much deeper the fact that you guys it sounds like you had zero animosity toward those people that were on their own journey and I don't know that's pretty cool because in my head I'm thinking the whole time Caleb might be like oh I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna beat these guys or I you know I don't <laughs> I don't even want to you know but but that's yeah. not the way it was man but you, you could have just as easily had that attitude yeah. toward them but you didn't this is similar to uh how he waited on you earlier yeah in the workout well it's yeah, just I a guess character so. thing. oh that's that's a good analogy yeah you connected that very, very well similar. Brooke no, that's yeah. awesome. And that's, you know, the chief, he's talked to me. He's like, what you done in that moment and how you said, you know what, I'll find another way. He's like, that's admirable, and we need more of our people to step up and do that and to be leaders and, and to be a trailblazer. And he's always – you know, anytime I talk to him, it seems like we have that sort of sort of conversation. He's like, you know, we – because he's, he's an alum, the chief is. He done the RTR ride. And he was like, just the fact that you you took another route and done this run, and I mean, look look at where you're at now. Like you wouldn't have the the platform and the ministry that you have if you just done RTR. Yeah, like it was yeah. it was meant for it to happen this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and just being acceptance, right, and being okay with that, and not being, you know, holding any kind of grudge or or anger towards whatever, and just finding a different way. But well, look, man, you reached your objective. I could only imagine, uh, like you said, how that that felt. And, you know, my question is, this, and this is a question I get a lot of times as I train people out in the wilderness and I train teams and take people on missions is, you know, they, they, they reach their objective uh, on a much smaller scale than what you did. But they say, you know, where do we go from here? And you had to have had that same question. It's like, man, what a, this is a year, uh, eight month long training cycle. And then 46 day, a 46 day long mission. You hit your objective. It's over. Like, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? That is, what was that car ride back home? Like, well, we laid in the dang motel room about two days, <laughs> not been able to move. move. <laughs> you, yeah. Your mind finally let go. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got to bounce around, hang out with people out there in Tahlequah and just meet people who we're now, I mean, we're connected to through churches and and uh, just different family members and stuff. I mean, we consider them our family out there. But once, once we got quiet and just kind of let everything settle, I was I remember having a conversation when, when I came back with some of the people in the uh, recovery center, some of the therapists or peer support, and they're like, what's next and i was like i'm hungry 
I'm hungry now. Like I want, I, like I, I just got to put something on the calendar, and just not a, honestly, I probably didn't. And you've talked about this. I didn't let it settle, or you know, I didn't try to draw all the lessons that I could have drawn. I was already looking toward the next thing. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I've talked to, I, I've, I've said that to Caitlin several times. I'm like, I've not unpacked all this. There's mm-hmm. so many lessons in there and gold nuggets in there. I, I need to draw from that, but it was. It's a dang book. It, it's literally, you could write, I'm sure, you know, you could easily write a very, very significant, significantly valuable book just on that single experience. How cool would it be, too, if you wrote <coughs> that book and throughout the book, like you told your story, but in the places you were yeah you found older stories like historical stories about what happened to particular people in that same place i'm gonna go ahead and tell you i would read it though that would be (laughs) a parallel you know their story and your story and but but that's all right i mean that's all right you you you've got time to you can be doing other things while, while you're unpacking the lessons that you got from your mission in 2018 which wasn't that long ago i mean I'm just unpacking lessons from experiences that I had eight, nine, ten years ago. Really, I am. You know? So that's cool, cool, man. You know? Yeah. Um Wait, did you guys have your nonprofit going into the had you already unofficially. started? Unofficially. <laughs> unofficially. We I mean, we had a name and we had a idea, but it after the run that kind of catapulted us into like okay it's grind time we have this vision we got to get it down on a board we got to start you know forming our board and doing all these different things and and that's whenever it really started to to come together Mm -hmm. um because we did have this platform to be able to still like we he was going a lot of different places speaking and um uh, like at different recovery events, those kind of, um, or like some praise and worship events, things like that. And uh, we really started trying to do more in our community as far as like outreach and, yeah, and things like that. In our community as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how the, the organization was birthed, though. And like I said, how we got the exposure and the platform. And we just continued to grow and build from there. We actually had a, a, an interview with a local news station in January of 2018 where we're standing in front of the house. And we're like, we're going to open up this house for men. And that was the first time we ever shared publicly what we had in mind, what we were wanting to do with our organization. Yeah. So this journey with the Trail of Tears was a more personal thing, but then it gave us... It gave us, I guess, like I said, the exposure, right? And yeah, and That's help people moment. kind of know who we are and what we're standing, what our mission is. Yeah, you have to do. Yeah, you have to create. You you have to go do hard stuff. You know, if you want, if you have a, a mission that's, or you you have a calling or you have something that's on your heart that you want to accomplish. Part of that is doing things like Caleb did, going out and doing an 800 mile run right it, it takes hard work to build that platform man you know that's why i i mean i hold the 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 people that that follow us the people that listen to this show the people that support us on patreon the people that follow me on instagram i hold that very i hold them very dear to my heart you know because it took work to get that it took over a decade of work 
to get that platform. Yeah. So you guys that are listening, if you've got an idea for a nonprofit, if you've got uh, got a message that you want to put out, if you've got something on your heart that, that you want to accomplish in life, realize that that goes hand in hand with you doing something special in order to generate interest around your message, your name, and what you have to offer the world. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't come free. No. Right? <clears throat> so what was it what what ended up being that next thing you said you were searching what ended up being that next thing on the calendar would you say the pacific coast highway yeah that was (laughs) (laughs) um yeah somehow we just end up well we started doing a lot of podcasting with uh one of our buddies and like Every week we were doing a, as a recovery podcast and mm-hmm. interviewing people were sharing their testimonies. And then there's Caleb always would be talking about what are we going to do next? We got to figure out what we're doing next. You got to have something on your calendar, man. Yeah. You know, and I, I Caitlin and, and my mom both were always getting aggravated with me because I was like, well, your, what's your goal for today? What you got planned today? No, I would just open my eyes at like 6.45 in the morning, and that was the first question I got of the day was, well, what's your goal, baby? (laughs) You would get slapped. Yeah, hold on just a minute, man. Let me get some coffee. (laughs) That's my goal right now is some coffee. That's your answer, yeah. Some coffee. Is that something you subscribe to every day? Do you open your eyes in bed and be like, okay, what's – Caleb, what's my goal for today? Honestly, uh, this is no joke. I open my eyes, and 75% of the time, I turn on BYLR and kind of get up and start moving, make my coffee. We did not pay him to say that, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) He said it on its own. (laughs) I do. Caitlin's like shaking her head like, it's 5 a.m., Caleb, and you're starting a dance party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that's how I was when I was in jail. Like, I started – that discipline, right, and just getting getting up, getting after it, being gun ho, and and I was the same way. Guys were sleeping upstairs in their bunks, and I was downstairs walking laps, doing push-ups, you know, getting in the mirror, like trying to tell myself, I love you, you're amazing, and actually f- trying to, to fall in love with myself again and believe in myself. Yeah. And that just, that's, that's how I still do things, you know. But if it wasn't for being in – and that jail, what can look like a prison is actually a promise a lot of times, you know? And that's how God just changed me, man. And I, I still do that today. Dude, we could have a whole podcast, a whole another podcast on that. On coming out of all the terrible things that you've done and you're willing to talk about and you're not ashamed of. It doesn't seem like you are. No. And learning to love yourself again. Yeah. And like yeah. that process, dude, that, I mean, that would be a whole another hour yeah. of... Well, I mean, he's going to – Caleb will write a few books, so be able to get that. <laughs> my, my pastor says, man, you're a Disney movie waiting to happen. You yeah. even look like a Disney character to me. He, he does. He tells me that all the time. Because <laughs> I've talked about like going going and trying out for walking on for the cross-country team locally. He's like, that, that'll be it. That'll seal the, the Disney movie if you do that. Like, yeah. man comes out of jail, you know, it's, it's a heroin, you know, struggling with heroin addiction, and then you – come back and you you do something that you were supposed to do you know 20 years prior like anyways who knows man well let's i don't unless you have something else i want to dig a little bit into the details of y'all's nonprofit and 
like how people can support you and what your mission is. Yeah, hundred percent. What is what is the mission of Res Hope? So I think that coming from the run and biking, all our ultra endurance stuff that we do, like we we're huge on advocacy for recovery. Um, not only just recovery, but just for being more healthy and um as far as mentally spiritually emotionally you know i mean we we didn't we're not just solely like you have to be in recovery to come you know be a part of what we're doing like we just want to see people lead push themselves set some goals push yourself to want to have you know do more in life and and just grow and become better than you was yesterday and um be all that God created you to be. And so, uh, like I said a few minutes ago, the vision was is to build this house or to, to remodel this house. Which That's, was a trap house to begin with. <laughs> yeah. A lot of drug use going on in that it place. Shows, in the whole hauler that, that the house and the other house is, is it, on. Yeah. Shows the transformation that one can go through. Yeah. <laughs> in our house this itself. Is on your reservation. <laughs> on the reservation, yeah. Right? Okay. So we're going to be serving enrolled members and non-enrolled members as well. And it's so cool because the house itself one of the women uh, a cousin of ours we call her linda loco <laughs> she's she's hilarious well you might meet her one day anyways so linda it was her house and she seen what i wanted to do and so she told the family told my mom like if you give me one of your rentals i'll sign this house over to you guys so caleb can do something good with it so that's what happened. She signed a house over to us. Well, her aunt, who owns a house right beside that, she signs a house over. Like that, and 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 then there's a church right beside those two houses that my dad built. So this is all within a one one hundred yard area. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God is going to give that church to us as well at some point. Yeah. So we'll have this whole little community that we can build our ministry on. Mm-hmm. You know, two mm-hmm. houses and a church. And so that that's that's the. Uh, that's the vision is to open up this men's recovery house and it's going to be built on faith, fitness and just fellowship and, and nutrition, you know, learn how to mm-hmm. take care of yourself and challenge yourself. And, um, our, we finally got our nonprofit. Was that about a, a year ago now? Six months. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. It was right when COVID right in the middle of COVID that we got our nonprofit. And mm-hmm. it's Rez, R-E-Z, Hope? Rez, Hope. R-E-Z. Yep. R-E-Z, Hope, uh, Recovery and Consulting. <clears throat> okay. Because we do, also we do a lot. We've spoken to 10,000 students in the last two years, sharing our stories, you know, our testimonies, and, and just talking about the importance of challenging yourself and making good decisions and, and community and and those relationships and yeah, I mean, we so we got a lot of different irons in the fire, do a lot of different things, and like that's that's the focus though is speaking to the youth and building this men's recovery house. That's the two things that we're focused on the most right now. And you, you, <clears throat> this is going to be a place that you can actually bring men that are that have decided they want to get clean. You can bring them in, and you're going to spend six to nine months with these with these men, developing them, helping them through that journey, providing them with the resources, the skills, the abilities to go out and be productive, productive again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Live, yeah. a, live, re-experience or, or relearn the fullness of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we were talking about yesterday and I was telling Caitlin, like their experience is going to be so unique because there are a lot of other houses like that. Sober living, halfway, whatever you want to call them. But they're making, they're holding these people, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that y'all are going to be holding these men accountable to, like you said, health and fitness and setting goals. And like, if they want to live in that house, they're going to have to sign up for some kind of endurance event and yeah. push them. Like, y'all aren't going to, I mean, it's not going to be an easy road to recovery but gosh like and oh it's gonna be here's the thing it's like anything that we're asking them to do we're already doing it we're gonna do it ourselves like we're not gonna ask you to sign up for something that we're not doing ourselves and that has actually worked in our own lives you know like and that's that's the difference like we want to create something that that's different and that we have seen is working Mm -hmm. and we learn so much by pushing ourselves, by challenging ourselves, by getting out there and doing these endurance type adventures. And we want them to experience something like that. Just like I was telling you with like the running community, that fellowship that you, that, that bond that you can experience with these other runners and, or like the CrossFit family, you know, how you, you form these bonds and you become like family. And that's what we want them to experience. Those relationships. And and, and we want that to help them prosper even after they leave, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to continue to do those things. Like, I mean, I know when I, you know, if I stop working out or if I stop exercising and I just become lazy for a week or something and I'm off. I'm completely off. I'm irritable. I'm, you know, I start getting overwhelmed or depressed or all these different Me things. Too. And then I'm questioning, like, why am I feeling like this? Go on a run. Yeah. Go exercise. Like, take care of yourself, not just by settling and not just, which I'm so proud of people that can do that, that can just live a life where they're recovered, they're working, they're going through the daily routines. But, but there's a level, there's levels to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, different. Mm-hmm. missing out on an opportunity to become a better version of yourself, a stronger version of yourself, more resilient, right? Yeah, and and for me, like, using always had, like, I feel like drug addicts are so hypersensitive to the way we feel. Because when you were using, we you're, are. you're constantly thinking, how high am I? Am I at my peak? Is this, how long, man, I feel good. How long is this going to last? Or you're starting withdrawals and you're, you're feeling terrible. And so I feel like it's necessary for drug addicts, especially, I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't know, to, to cater to that. And that's part of the recovery is Mm -hmm. to stay feeling good. Yeah. And you do that by exercising. Well, another thing too is, I mean, I I just think the, the benefits of like, doing an endurance event and getting into a fitness routine, you learn to deal with emotions and overcome those things. And pain. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yes, exactly. Discomfort. Like, you know, how you learn you, to deal with that. Yeah. How are you going to handle it? Because things in life happen. You know, like things in life are going to come up. And how are you going to handle it whenever that does? And we just, we have learned. It's transferable. The, yeah. Like getting through a hard workout, a hard run, definitely – helps helps you to get through a hard day you know look this yeah. is very whole, relatable this is the whole reason i ultra run it yeah it goes back to the concept in the seal teams of train like you fight 
you know, you, you train yourself, mind, body, body, soul, and spirit in a controlled environment. So like when Caitlin said life happens, right, you have actually built the tools, the, the mind, the mental, physical, emotional tools in that controlled environment that is physical training and endurance. You've built those tools in a safe place so that when life happens, you, they're accessible. You know, when it, when it really counts, that's the whole reason, that's the whole reason I run, man. And yeah, yeah, that's, I think that goes back to, uh, what you, man. And here's the thing too, you know, Brooke said there's a, there, there are there, I think there are a lot of recovery facilities out there, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, they didn't feel too accessible when Brooke decided that she wanted to get clean because, that was the first thing. I don't know how many there are spread across the nation, but it didn't seem like a friendly, warm, welcoming, like easy to find, accessible thing. So, however many there are, there's not enough, obviously, because that was the biggest biggest hurdle I think for yeah. us initially is finding a place. And I could only imagine how many other people out there that are addicts and you know they're ready to to change their lives and get clean. How many of them go through that same struggle of dang, well, where? Where do I even start? Who do I, where do I go? You know what I mean? I think a lot of that, I mean, that was 2013 or so when we started that journey. And I think that a lot of good people like you guys are working to take the stigma and the shame that goes with, like, you can more openly ask and talk about addiction and treatment and people, some people still, you know, go back into their turtle shell and they get uncomfortable, you know, cause they don't understand it. But I think, I think since 2013 as a nation, we're working hard to, to take the shame out of it. And so people can seek treatment and talk about it and it can be public and yeah, you know, a facility, a rehab facility goes in, in your neighborhood or your community. People need to be like grateful for that. They don't need mm. to be like, Oh gosh, you know, I don't want those types around here. Well, and then what? And then the thing that you guys are doing, incorporating all the uh, the other aspects, the physical aspects, the the mental toughness aspects, all those things, incorporating that into it is just totally unique. I never even heard of, and of course, you know, I'm not an expert, but I've never heard of any other facilities that are that are doing that or even have the vision to do that. Well, and maybe on a small mm-hmm. scale, but it's not really a main thread or vein of the actual process. 20 more years, though, everyone's going to be mirroring Res Hope. And they're going to be talking about, like, man, y'all remember when in 2021 when Res Hope came up with this idea? And, you know. You remember? Like, you I remember? Save that, bro. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We'll go ahead and take we'll that. Go ahead and say that. It's a word from the Lord right there. <laughs> God speaking through you. You remember, the first, you remember the first bike ride we took? Dude. When you got back. And that's why it's so awesome. It was so painful, y'all. When I was like, I was in a place where I felt terrible. I was still kind of like post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Like a month later, I still felt like crap. And getting moving and exercising in that state is so hard. And that's why it's so perfect that you two are the ones doing this. Because if Chad would have came to me running Res Hope and he was like, Look, girl, you got you'll feel better. You got to get out and exercise. I would have been like, bite me. Like I'm not you don't have any clue what I'm going through. 
you know, like you said, you guys have been there. And I feel like your your level of empathy and compassion for what these people are going to experience when they start doing the things that y'all are going to hold them accountable to do. She's going to be the compassionate and empathy because I'm going to be like <laughs> looking at him at five, six o'clock in the morning. What are your goals for today? Let's get yeah. it. <laughs> I can see Caleb walking up in there six o'clock in the morning, clapping, wake up, wake up. Like everyone up, we're going for a run. We might have to get a little speaker and that'll yeah, be like come the first it in like Chad and, and oh, hollering no. at him. And, <laughs> hey, that's, that's a great dynamic though, because some of the men that you guys are going to save there, some of the lives that you guys are going to save, uh, so that's gonna that style is gonna resonate with some of those men, and that's gonna be what some of them need, and then some of them it's not. Some of them is gonna need compassion and to exactly. be able to touch and. And what we hope is that after they leave from there, that they can pull back from those things and know, like, I got through those things. I can get through this, you know, mm -hmm. like be, even after be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What better way to do it? You know, through prayers, through spiritual disciplines, through going through tough training, physical training, you know, and that, that's, that's what we want to do. That's what mm -hmm. we want to put these, the gift and the tools that we want to give these men is having, be able to pull from those experiences. Mm -hmm. How, how can our listeners, uh, you know, how can they best help you guys? What do you guys need? uh where where can people go how can because there's there's going to be a certain percentage of people that want to know that they contribute to this and mm -hmm. and i'm one of them i'm going to make a contribution to you guys before you leave uh so where where can that be done and what do you need so we don't have a website yet um but we are we're on Facebook. Searching. We are on Facebook. There is a public page for Res Hope. Um, just because, like, right now we're in the process of the remodeling and construction part of, yeah. of the house. But um, we are picking up on the, the pace of um, getting the program implemented. And then, you know, we'll need, being nonprofit, we're and it's so hard for us to get to this point because we're we're pretty humble and but as far as uh like private donors you know that's that's going to be a key piece in in running this funding place this. funding this place and so that we're able to people to sew in monthly you know yeah. whether it's 50 bucks what whatever people feel led to do yeah. that's going to be an important critical piece that we're going to have to have is start building that donor base yeah so I definitely want to extend that invitation to anybody listening. And mm -hmm. could they, do you guys have like an email address or message you guys on Facebook? Message us on Facebook. Okay. And it's yeah. R-E-Z Hope. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. On okay. Facebook. And it's a public page. Okay. okay. So. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll, I'll attach that in the show notes of this episode. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, man. Uh, you guys don't, don't be scared to, to ask for, for, whatever you need uh throughout the rest of the journey and this is just my advice to you guys uh even if it, it, it because look it takes money to make things like this happen that that's just that's just the way it is and what i've experienced is that people that do have say a surplus of money um a lot of those people like my buddy scott worthington he he says look Money's just a resource. It's a resource. You, if I if I have extra, I want to find things that I can sow, sow that it. money into. 
Because I can't do what you guys are doing. Just like Brooke said a minute ago, I cannot do the job that you guys are about to do. I cannot do it. I don't have the background. I don't have the experiences. I cannot resonate with these individuals like you guys are going to be able to. But maybe I have a little extra money, mm-hmm. you know? And and so it's it's okay. It's okay to ask, to tell people what you're doing, to tell people what you need. And people are going to love knowing that they can be a part of a mission yeah. that they could not accomplish themselves. But at least they can be some part of it, you know, and, and keeping it up and running, man. Because, and, yeah. What, baby? Sorry. And I feel, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Like, it's, I, I don't know how to say it, really. I haven't come up with the right way. But, like, a lot of people talk about how terrible what we did to the Native Americans was. And I know, like, we talked about this weekend, it was our ancestors, it wasn't us, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, this is a really good way almost to pay, like, a reparation because most of the people that you guys are serving are Native Americans. And we've talked about the generational trauma from what they went through, and you guys are trying to repair that and break the cycle, right? And so if someone's putting money into it, it just goes so far back. Yeah. You know, the support is so deep. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I, I don't, I, you know, I, by no means do I think Caitlin and, and, uh, and Caleb even probably look at it that way. No. And that's but, why, yeah, you know, definitely. I didn't want to use, I shouldn't have used the word reparation. I didn't know how to word that. And My bad. You, you gotta, you, you gotta think too. I mean, Kate, Caitlin and Caleb, their vision is to also bring in, uh, non-enrolled, pe- non-enrolled yeah. people to this program. So this is going to be a program that's offered to uh, really certain certain uh, a certain portion of it's going to be offered to anybody. Yeah, and I like that. I like that that you guys are opening uh, are going to you know reserve certain plate spots for mm-hmm. men that are not enrolled because to me that to me that takes it to a whole other level. You're basically not pigeonholing yourself. You know, you're not putting all your eggs in one single basket, right? So, I mean, I like that about your mission, man. Yeah. Um, well, right now we're we are getting ready to order the flooring. We're getting the windows put in. Uh, the trim's going up in the house. I mean, things along. are coming together. Cabinets, yeah. cabinets uh, have been measured out, getting ready to be ordered. We're we're going to be adding a room onto the back deck being closed in that and that's going to be a meeting room so that's going to be something that we'll be have we'll be asking for funding for if anybody wants to donate and so mm-hmm. into that is adding on to that meeting room mm-hmm. for uh counseling services and whatever just small groups and stuff so yeah i mean there's there's several different projects that we're in the middle of that we could always use help on um we're going to be also doing outside work you know landscaping stuff yeah. around the house that's going to be coming up as well. So anything that um, anybody donates will be going to those things first. Yep. Just yep. kind of give a, a picture and context of what, where we're at with the house. And, and then, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I'll Go ahead. Go ahead, Kayla. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, the cool thing about it is, like, if you do follow us on Facebook and follow the Res Hope page, then you'll get to see, like, exactly what's going on with the guys and eventually, you know, and and – how 
this program is helping them and that's that's what you're sowing into that's what yeah. people yeah so at, what, at what cost you know you're sowing into well you're sowing into it e- an eternal impact a literally an eternal impact not only yes. are you talking about uh saving a life a single life eternally right because faith is going to be part of your of your program but you also look at the we talked a lot about the generational thing and that is also, you know, another eternal it, generational impact that this is you you save one man's eternal life, but then you also in turn this is gonna just just snowball throughout the generations in that line, that bloodline, that family, right? Um, so there's no no more worthy cause than that. And I wanted to also in in the midst of this project, and it's no small feat to be uh, taking on the, uh, I don't even want to call it burdens, but taking on the, the responsibility and the project that you guys have taken on with Res Hope. You guys are are serving within your community full time alongside standing this project up. Caleb, you work at the homeless shelter. I work, it's outside of Cherokee. Yeah. yeah. Caitlin works at the Cherokee Hospital. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of exposure and experience with people that we're going to be serving though. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like God's placed us in those positions just for that reason. Yeah. Because we're getting ready to step into a new season, and then we'll be prepared, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, the both of those are tremendous places of service. Like you said, you're already getting you already you already getting your your mind's already right, but you're getting your foot in the door, and it's just you know I just wanted to make mention of that. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode up uh caleb where can people find you on ig your personal page yeah my personal page under underscore recovery line uh 86 or just search my name and it's k-a-l-l-u-p mccoy m-c-c-o-y uh facebook same thing caleb mccoy the second um about you caitlin my instagram is g-w-y underscore lioness Uh, or search my name, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N-N, Ledford hyphen McCoy. Um, and same thing on Facebook. And then always like our, like we said earlier, our Res Hope public page. Roger that. Look, guys, uh, in, in my opinion, this is, again, the the most powerful conversation that we've had on the 307 podcast. And you know, uh, what people, people, every, everybody's different, but this conversation has been powerful in so many ways and it's resonated with me in so many ways. And I've taken so many things away from this conversation. I mean, I think I'm going to do resurrected tonight, the message that I present to, you know, my community, uh, on Patreon, it's going to be based off of something that you guys taught me, uh, in this episode you know, it's just I, I can't thank you enough for your not only the time and the commitment, but the courage to come and just pour into our audience and everybody that listens to this. You know, it, it, it go it, what what it, you guys raised your hand and said, "I will go." Right when when we tried to record this episode a few weeks ago online and the internet was cutting out and you know i just for some reason 
I was just being prompted. I truly believe this. I was being prompted by the Holy Spirit to just stop this, stop Caleb mid-sentence, basically, and be like, hey, man, uh, will you guys drive three and a half, four hours out here and spend the weekend with us and do it live? And you guys both got stuff going on, man. You could have just as easily said, nah, we're going to be busy. You know, I'll try to get a better internet signal. And But no, you raised your hand and you said, yeah, I believe in our mission enough. I believe in our testimony enough. I believe in, in, in all this enough that I'm going to make the commitment and make the drive out to do this live and to share this with, with everybody that is willing to listen. And uh, it's it will not come back void. Walk by faith and not by sight. That's it. Show up. That's it. You got anything, Biscuit? No. Um, <clears throat> I had a great time with y'all this weekend. I'm grateful y'all came out in person instead of doing that that interview. I, I have a feeling that this relationship won't go anywhere, that we'll continue to keep in touch and get together. Yeah. She means like won't go anywhere, like won't go away. <laughs> well, yeah. dis- not won't disappear. Yeah, well, yeah. This relationship will continue to prosper. Y'all, my words. It's okay. Biscuit. My words. I can't. I can't with my words. Well, we're honored. We're we so are. Honored Thank you for be, the opportunity. Have, yeah, to been able to come up here. And um, I mean, we. I'm just blown away by how genuine you guys are. And we've li- we've been following you for a while, you know, and. Um, it's just, it's awesome to be able to, to fellowship and just connect and just to be able to get to know one another. So we truly, this whole weekend has been amazing and I wouldn't have wanted it to go any other way than for us to come out here and spend time. Yeah. We'll have to follow this up, man. Mount LeConte. (laughs) Oh yeah. Tennessee. Oh yeah. Get y'all up. We got all I mean, I'm hoping Caleb's gonna be able to come out to the proving grounds next weekend. I actually, you know, invited him to come out and possibly even speak. Again, that's up that's whatever's on your heart, man. Whatever you're able to do, no pressure. Um we we got a lot of good great things in the future. We really look forward to following you guys and the mission of Res Hope and your own personal missions. Um, so hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. Go follow Caleb and Caitlin on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow their mission. And if you've got the resources to do it, help support them because what they're doing is worthwhile. They're making an eternal impact in the nation that we all live in, the people that we love. Um, I did want to ask if... Caitlin would honor us with her amazing grace in Cherokee. Oh my gosh, he just shotgunned the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, just to cap, just to cap it all off. Hey, went in Rome, Georgia, baby. Got to, got to do it. Oh my god, I'd, I'd be honored. Will you acquiesce my request? I will. All right, sing, Will you sing into Caleb's microphone? Yeah. Does she need to stay as close, or does she need to back up? Just wherever she's comfortable. She can be a little back from it, I think, just as long as she's talking into it. Is that good? Yep, perfect. Okay. All right, guys, this is Amazing Grace in... How do you say it? Salagi. Yeah, Salagi is Cherokee. So this is just a verse. I don't know the whole entire song. but um, So, yeah, this is our native language. Um, 
that I'm going to sing for you guys. Jesus, enough said. Just said. <laughs> oh my God.